Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses. And I am now in Austin, Texas, like everyone else from San Francisco. I moved out of the city. <laughs> um, Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I am a local here in Austin, and I can tell you that is a fact. I still don't know. Now that I'm here, I don't know why we're all moving here. But we can talk about that within this interview. That is uh, <laughs> the breakfast Oscar. tacos, Andrew. It's the breakfast tacos and the and barbecue. barbecue. Yeah, I'm yep, vegetarian, so the barbecue's not there. Yeah. Breakfast tacos yeah. yet? I'm going to say this other thing. I really like the people here. I haven't yet gotten to see them because we've only been here for a couple of days. But I do like the people. Frankly, there are a lot of people we interviewed who are here. We're hanging out here. They're posting photos online. I want to be a part yeah. of the action. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I got a couple of hangouts for you that we could talk about offline or even on this interview that we I'd love to I know do it even within I, this interview. I do the entrepreneurial type stuff all the time. Mozart's on a Friday morning. If you haven't heard of Mozart's, it's right on the lake. It's a great place to start. I have. Yeah. I've been there. Good coffee shop right on the lake. That's the place mm -hmm. to be, right? Yep. All right. By the way, that voice that you heard is Oscar Urena. He is here with his co-founder and partner. His name is Eric Rico. And the two of them are here to talk to me about this thing that they created that I would not have believed, except it's it's a thing. I wouldn't. So it's called Bat Club USA. And the idea is, instead of buying your bat, you could pay Bat Club USA a subscription fee and they'll send you a bat. Is that right, Oscar? That is correct. Yes. You, and you, we'll send you a bat. You pay monthly and then you switch at any time. Anytime. So three months in, I say this bat's too light, too heavy, too this, too that. You'll just switch it back for me. Absolutely. And I do not have to explain why I don't like it. I don't do I have to pay shipping. Nope. 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 We take care. We take care of all of that stuff. That was a major pain point for a lot of ball players, baseball, softball players is the second you took the wrapper off of the bat, there's yes. no returning it to a sporting goods store. You're stuck eating the depreciation, almost like you would on a car driving it off the lot. So we found a lot of people that we're buying the right, wrong size bat, wrong certification, uh, just a bat that didn't fit their kid well and getting stuck with this $350, $450, $500 investment. That's cost $500? Wait, are we talking still, about for professional plus. baseball players here? Or who? Oh, no, 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 my no, friend. no, no, no. We are talking about kids as young as seven eight years old, getting 350, 450. So, so we, we got this idea uh, when I started looking for bats for my five-year-old, who's now 12. So Oscar okay, and, and I grew up- This is Eric, by the way, who's speaking. So you have a five-year-old and how much did you have to spend on a bat for your five-year-old? So, so at the time I started, I started looking for bats and I played collegially at, at Cornell, played in Toronto yep. Blue Jays minor league system for a few years. I mean, I'm a baseball family, been around baseball my whole entire life. Oscar and I are lifelong friends from baseball, knowing each other since kindergarten, first grade. And when I started looking for bats for my now 12 year old, who was five at the time, there were bats for five year olds that were more expensive than the bats I used in college. Well, let me ask you this. So I, I did do a search on Amazon mm -hmm. and I see, I just did a search for baseball bats. The top result, sure enough, is $349. Yep. But if I scroll a little bit, I see a top pick here. It's called the Z, Z, wait, SZYT. It's obviously a no-name bat. Mm -hmm. It's got mm -hmm. 2,317 ratings, four, yep. and a half star, star, four and a half stars, 19 bucks. Why can't I just get my, my five-year-old, my six-year-old, a $19 bat? You, you could, but the thing that we, that we see is performance, right? It's the difference between 
driving a Honda Accord, which will get you zero to 60, you'll get to 60 miles an He's hour. five years old, seven year old, 10 year old kids. They need, they need more than a Honda Accord. So you would be surprised, Andrew, Oscar and I early on had a conversation with a coach that had a T-ball, a four-year-old select team. And he was pretty, I don't want to say bragging, yeah. but he was pretty comfortable with the fact that he had to cut four-year-olds from his team. So baseball and softball are extremely competitive and every single advantage that a player can get since the parents are investing so much money starting at a very young age yeah. into these players, they absolutely want to take it. And the ball, and listen, the ball comes off different. That 1999 bat will work and it will hit the ball. And I've seen it firsthand with these high-end bats, the ball just absolutely flies off them. And, and there is a significant, I'm talking 25, 30, sometimes 50 foot difference on how you hit the ball with okay. these high-end bats. Even at that age, how many people in, in the country are so competitive about baseball? I, I took my kid to soccer. They basically made sure that everyone got to play. I think at five years old, they even let them play soccer with five balls. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it's different, right? So the, the our market is is more of the high end kids, right? Okay. The select baseball players. So this isn't your typical Corey League where you're playing once a week or once every other week. Like these kids are playing five, six days a week, practicing, hitting, okay, you know, running because their parents the want weekends. them to be professional baseball players or because their parents just want them to every give it kid's everything. the next a rod every kid's the next a rod mike Trout, name, name your superstar and at the okay. age of five and six if your kid is taller and bigger than everybody else you think he is the next superstar by the time you know it changes by Got the time they're 15 16 okay but that's not what you're thinking how about many kids that. oscar are we talking about in the country who fit this profile Hundred thousand, a million. Oh, oh, what's You're, three million dollar? Three million in baseball, and then a hundred one point five in softball. So there's three million eight. kids mm -hmm. yes. in baseball and one point five. Okay, so your vision was you said, look, this can't fly. Parents aren't going to want to spend three hundred fifty bucks. We're going to do a subscription service. How much money are you guys uh, generating with this subscription service? It depends on the bet. Right. No, so uh, you, sorry, overall revenue annual. What is it for the uh, business? Eric knows those numbers. Eric, you comfortable with those numbers? Um, so how about this with our most recent, Hey, I'm not just not necessarily comfortable in sharing all of that at the, at the moment. Um, but with our mo most recent, uh, Inc magazine, I mean, there was over 1400% growth uh, for up to 2020. So there's okay. absolutely and, and 2020's market. revenue was what according um, to Inc. So it wasn't, it wasn't published. Um, I oh, Inc. doesn't publish what the revenue is? No, they no, just, just they, a change they in published revenue. the percentage change. Oh, <laughs> that's why I couldn't find it here. Okay, so what we're saying is it's it's in the millions, low mil single-digit millions, right? Correct. Not hundreds yes. of thousands. Profitable? Correct. Yeah. Yes, and, yeah. absolutely. And the yeah. only funding, as I understand it, that you brought in is your own money. You guys were basically like working this as a side hustle and a little bit of friends and family. Did you bring in any any more professional money than that? We have oh. a term loan, you know, we have some other, you know, smaller lines of credits and, and things of that nature, but you know, we've just essentially no VC money, no, yeah, no, no, no big money like that. No, no mm -hmm. PE or anything. I mean, we just essentially have taken all that we've gotten and reinvested it, looking to grow the member base as much as possible and to really focus on our mission. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and our mission is not just about getting a kid a bat. It's we know the value of baseball and how awesome baseball is and all the life lessons that you learn from playing this game that translate into adulthood. So we want to empower confident ball players that love the game, reach new heights and are prepared to leave their mark on the world. Like that's, that's what we really want to accomplish. And we know having a great bat, having a great glove gives you more confidence, lets you learn those life lessons from baseball 
and then take that into adulthood. Because look, not everybody's going to be Mike Trout. Not everybody's going to be John Carlos Stanton and get a $350 million contract. But you can take those lessons from a game that's really, really hard, where you fail seven out of 10 times and you're amazing, right? And have that translate very well later in life. And, um, well, you know what? Let me just say this. This interview is sponsored. I always say it at the stop of the interview, but I got really carried away with the, with the, with the description. It's, it's sponsored by HostGator. If anyone out there needs a website for their business, they should go to HostGator.com slash Mixergy. You'll get a great price. And it's sponsored by Overpass when you're ready to hire salespeople. And frankly, you people, you guys, Oscar and Eric, you might need a salesperson or maybe a team of them. Go to Overpass.com slash Mixergy to hire them. All right. I see how it works. The bats, are they, are they used bats that they're getting to use? No. I always brand new with the wrapper. So wait, yeah. I buy, I get a brand new bat. I say, mm -hmm. I don't like it three weeks later. You'll send me another brand new bat. And then I could switch multiple times a year. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So how does this make financial sense for you? So, so for us, what we're able to do is give discount when a person does switch the bat, <clears throat> excuse me, when a person does switch the bat, we are able to put it back out on membership. So we put it back out on a discounted rate and we're still able to get that asset to perform in a way sell it as a sell it at a discount we, we can we can no, put, no, it we'll put it back on subscription we can put it back okay. out on subscription so then some people are buying subscription where mm -hmm. they're they're paying subscription where they're getting a, a bat that's already been used Correct. and we're we're 100 clear and transparent on that so there's a specific <laughs> section on the site that's new and then lightly used so there's a lightly used section that basically says it's been opened it. up someone has used it for a small amount of time and we'll discount an x amount of percentage and that's a different plan Different, different it's plan. same plan, just a, a cheaper rate, essentially. Yeah, so we'll so discount a 10, 15, 20%, depending on the it. condition. And the plan starts at what, 20 bucks a month? Yep. We have plans that low, depending on the bat you choose. They go up to, you know, the it, it all the, the the monthly price all depends on the price point of the bat. So a $500 retail bat is not going to cost you $20 a month, obviously, because that math doesn't work. Okay. Now I'm with you guys and I see it. By the way, I have your revenue here in front of me. But since you told our producer it's private, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not say it. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Eric, you were in the minor leagues for the Blue Jays. How exciting was it when you got called up, when you got into the minor leagues? So, so funny story on, on this. I, I was Ivy League player of the year in 2002, got a lot of buzz, played on a great summer league team, a lot of very high draft picks, even a major league all-star played on that team. And when draft day came, it was actually a little bit disappointing at first because I thought I was going to get drafted a little bit higher than I did. So I was a 22nd round pick. Uh, I thought I would be in the top 10 rounds, maybe felt good about myself and then kind of had this news flash. Uh, but once the scout showed up to my house with the paperwork, I, I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, it's four years that I wouldn't trade, trade for anything. I mean, I really learned, learned a lot about the work ethic needed and, and the other, really one of the key takeaways, because I, I worked my butt off, right? I mean, I was, I was in great shape. And sometimes, you know what, Andrew, you're just not good enough. And that's okay, right? Like that was one of the things that I took away from that, that man, you know what, there are a lot of great players out there. And you know what, on the baseball side, I was not good enough, but I wanted to find the thing that I was, <laughs> you know? Um, so, so being able to- How do you make that transition? When you spend yeah. so much of your life saying, I could be- Mm -hmm. in the major leagues. I've got it. If I keep wanting it, if I keep willing it, if I keep working at it, I could do it. And then the world tells you, no, you can't. Why does that rock your world and make you think maybe I'm delusional? Maybe I just don't have what it takes to even understand what it takes. It did. It did. It did. I mean, so how do you the, recover from that? 
the first month, the first month was really hard. And actually the crazy story about when my career ended, uh, I, I spent my first two years in the minors as a pitcher, my last, as a hitter, my last two years as a pitcher. And I'll never forget. I, I, I had been around the game long enough that I knew when cuts were coming during the season and we were going on a long road trip. And they, and if they're going to cut somebody, they cut you right before that road trip. So I vividly remember hiding in the bathroom stall, hoping that they thought I had left for the day. Um, and next thing I know, I hear Tom Bradley, who was our pitching coach. Hey, Eric, Kenny wants to, Kenny was a manager, Ken Joyce. Kenny wants to see you. And I knew what was coming. And the crazy part is that my wife had just quit her job, driven up to Lansing, Michigan. And 10 days later, I got released. 10 days later, I got, I got sent home and it, it was, it was a bummer. And this may sound a little crazy, a little childish, but the thing that really started rolling, getting me rolling downhill, I guess, essentially in the right direction was I'm bummed out the whole ride home, man, we stopped at Disney world. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I walked in and I saw that castle and I smiled for the first time in two days. I was like, I'm going to be all right. I'm, I'm going to be okay. Like why was- I would like to at times in my life, find that Disney world. I imagine I was going to hit these tremendous heights, be billionaire uh-huh. by now. Right. I'm not yep. there. It sucks. How do I, how do I, what is it about Disney world that lets you get past it? I don't think Disney world is going to do it for me, but I want to know what it is about that, that I could take away. Yeah, so, so for me, what it, what it was, was it, it was taking me out of, out of a place where I was really unhappy, but I understood right away that, especially since I had just gotten married, that there's a next step to life. And listen, minor league baseball is probably a little bit easier to step away from because my first year in rookie ball, I made $850 a month. So it's not like there was an 80, 90,000, $100,000 salary that I'm walking away from and, oh shoot, what am I going to do? Like I actively, and this is testament to my parents and the direction that they sent me in. I mean, I actively sought out an Ivy league school because baseball was going to end one day and I wanted Mm. to be as prepared as possible. So for me, it made it a lot easier and why Disney world was able to set me back easily in the right direction is because I had been planning for this day since I was 17 years old. I knew so it, it just was happened happen. earlier than you imagined. You thought exactly. there'd be more before this day, but the day was you were preparing for it at some point. And one exactly. of the things that you did was you went to an Ivy League school. You also, I think it was Oscar who told us that you're you're a marketing guy, that you have the marketing sensibility. Am I right? Oh, Oscar, Oscar, you're the guy who has it. I'm the marketing how, did, guy. how did you pick up on the marketing stuff? For 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 back club itself? For in general, oh, how did you become someone accident. who could take off? What do you mean? It was an accident. So um, my background, actually, I'm a computer engineer with a paper degree that says computer engineering. Okay. Uh, uh, I started at Vanderbilt, went to Vanderbilt for my freshman year, ended up back at Florida International due to um, financial constraints. So very similar to Eric, you know, we weren't super wealthy. Um, and right out of college, got a, my first job at IBM in the Bay Area. So I lived in San Jose up near you uh, for about three and a half years and got married wanted to move back to Florida and eventually got my way back home to Miami where I was looking for a job. I was out of work. I needed something to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, My life had changed. Circumstances had changed. And somebody called uh, a headhunter called me and they're like, Hey, there's this little ad agency around the corner. They need a developer. Do you want to go try it out? And I said, yeah, sure. Whatever. Walked in five and a half years later, I picked up on the marketing side. I went from a developer to a tech lead to a user experience designer to a ux lead to creating campaigns for some of the major brands in the world volkswagen burger king coke zero best buy what was this this was crispin porter or correct that's right this... cpp yep so this is after being a software engineer at ibm correct that's by the way correct. is this what you look like when you worked at ibm let me see if i could show you on my ipad is this you 
Oh man, I don't know. No, that can't be. Eric. No, that's not you. That's that's, no, Eric. that's me. That's Eric. That's yeah, Eric. yeah. Eric, what the hell are you doing with this tie? You're a baseball player. You look like an <laughs> IBM dude. Well, hey, he went to the corporate world, dude. That's what happened. So, so I didn't jump right right into this, Andrew. I still had a little uh, bad taste in my mouth uh-huh. after you were, and this is your enterprise rent a car days. So so Close. right out of when I got okay. back, I'm like, man, I gotta I gotta start earning some money and. You know, what's funny. I was talking about this to uh, one of my former managers who started his own business locally here in Miami at the time, at the time, I thought I was way too good for that job. Okay. I mean, I took it because, Hey, look, I'm back in Miami. I don't want to move anywhere else. My wife has a job. It's something that came up. They have a great Which job. Was this that did that this the enterprise, the enterprise, the enterprise rent a car, this all, branch manager. Right. Can I, can I say, I, weren't you too good to be a branch manager at enterprise rent-a-car dealing with people who come late and then tell you that they shouldn't have gotten the Sebring car? Hey, you know what? It, it wasn't even that. You tell you yes. the truth, it was being out in the July Miami heat in a shirt yes. and tie vacuuming a freaking car. <laughs> right. That so was. you go, this is not the life I was. I had dreams. I was going to be a major league baseball player. People yep. were going to cheer and now yep. I'm vacuuming and people are pissed. Yep. And, okay. and so, so for me, it was, it was a swallow your pride type moment. Right. But the thing that I learned from that, not just the sales aspect, because listen, if you get somebody to pay for that damage waiver, you can get them to pay for anything. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, but also, also what it took, if you really wanted to run it and you know, enterprise pushes this stuff. And I know, you know, it's a little cheesy at times, but it really did set me up for what it takes to run a business yourself. And my parents, listen, my parents had a, had their own business, a printing company for, for a very long time. There are a lot of there were some ups, but a lot of downs. So I mm-hmm. never wanted to work for myself, but I learned a lot from that. And when I left enterprise, I was really happy. I got another job and started moving into healthcare that focused on patient experience. And actually before I, before I started doing back club full-time, I was the executive director of patient experience and analytics for a health system here, here in Miami. Baptist so health, I was South Florida. Uh, so yeah, it's Baptist yeah. South Florida, then University of Miami Health System. So when you say the damage waiver, let me come back for a second here. I'm fascinated by this. What are some of the things that that you learned when you are trying to sell the damage waiver to customers? How do you sell it? How do you get them to say yes? As <laughs> <laughs> a marketer, he, he knows what I'm getting at. Yeah, well, so Teach. so first of all, if they like you, it's easier to sell, of course. So you do those little things like enterprise would push the shaking hand, welcome. And attend to them, right? So if you if you gave them good service, they like you, they're gonna be more likely to to get the damage waiver, then you frame okay. it properly for them, right? Like so a lot of times if someone on a one, two day rental, hey, look, you know, why not just spend the, the 50 bucks today? So if anything happens, somebody dings up your car in a parking lot, you don't have to worry about it. You just give me the car back and go. So okay. you 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 found you found the right value propositions to convey to the person and to hit them as, as much as possible with it. And look, if they said no, so, they said no, it was I okay. get the value prop. How do you make them like you so quickly? You shake their hand. What else? So, so give right them a away, hug. Don't you yeah, give them a hug? Uh, yeah, no. no uh-huh. Enterprise was very big on the professional and look, it's a little bit different now. I run the company, we're in a warehouse, mm-hmm. so it's not the same suit and tie stuff, but enterprise was very big on that professional look. So right away, you know, you've got uh, a good first impression that's going to that's going to help them trust you and then and then uh help you sell some damage waiver. Now it's not listen, it's not an 80% conversion rate, right? Okay. <laughs> it's a it's a really hard sell. And if you've got a credit card with it, use that instead. Uh, you know, you can because you know, it comes with a credit card already. Yeah. <laughs> often. And also, okay, God, by the way, my friend uh Sam Parr, who runs the hustle, he says he asks all the time when he rents a car if he could get a discount and he often will get it. Is that a possibility? 
is it, it's one of his examples of how you need to negotiate and ask all the time. Does it work? Never, never hurts to ask. But does it work sometimes? Is there, you had a, a ability to do that? I, occasionally. I mean, it, it, it really, it really depended. Yeah. I mean, what? It, it maybe if I shook your hand and, and I, hugged you, I mean, depending if, who you got the, if you got the damage waiver, maybe. Hey, listen, Andrew, you can, uh, you can go anywhere and you can ask for a discount, right? Like there, it never hurts to ask. I've learned that. I've learned that here with, with back club a lot too, is that it, it, it doesn't hurt to ask, right? Like we can figure out, figure out something. It's just, if it makes sense, right. And that it's going to be, it's going to be scalable. So, you know, if enterprise or any other business has a, has a system in place that makes that easy, yeah, you're probably going to get a little bit more likelihood if, you know, give and take. Um, but yeah, just, it never hurts to ask for sure. <laughs> And okay. I will right. say, you know, yeah. that, that the whole idea of the value props, Andrew, I mean, that's one of the things that we try really hard on Bat Club is to make sure that you understand the value we bring. Because we don't want to be just about a bat, right? We don't want to be a transaction. We want to make sure that you understand there's a relationship that we're, we're gaining with you as our, as our member. Truthfully, the value makes sense once you understand how much a bat costs and that you have some flexibility to adjust. And I, I, I get that. The value makes sense once you get it. I find that probably it's hard to explain because nobody's looking for it. I might complain that a bat costs a lot, but still go with local, go to the local bat place and bat place, go to a local sporting goods store and buy a bat or Amazon or fi- frankly, ask another parent and then go get what they get. I think that it's just a shocking thing at first to accept. And then maybe even before that, I'm not looking for it. So I wouldn't think to go to Bat Club USA. You're, you're 100% right, right. And one of the first things they say that everybody comes to us and says, why don't I just buy it? And I said, when's the last time you bought a CD? When's the last time you bought a movie? Right? You don't, you don't do that anymore because you don't need to. You're, all you're doing is using it. It's a service. It's a, it's a piece. It's a commodity now that you have to use. You need a bat to play baseball. You need a glove. You need a bat. There's nothing. And a ball. Those are the three things you have to have. And if you're going to go and you're going to spend the money on it, why not? help, why not let us eliminate or reduce that cost or yeah. spread it out over time and use it in a way that's most beneficial to you because every, baseball bats are just like cars. Every year, a new model comes out, mm-hmm. guaranteed. And so there's right. tweaks to it. The technology gets better. It. I could understand when the technology gets better in an iPhone, but the technology in a bat changing so dramatically year after year that if the yeah. family would say, let's go get the next bat yeah. is shocking. All right. Well, I, I mean, think it. about it this way, right? Like yeah. just think of if you go to even to the major leagues, think of the dead ball era versus now, right? Like 10 years ago, you had to hit the ball perfectly to get a home run because they made the, they dense the ball. So it wouldn't travel as well. They made tweaks to the baseball, how tight the strings are, are, are not supposedly. And now the ball flies more. Same as thing with a bat, it, the density with, of the wall of the bat, how well it bounces off. It ricochets. What is the I get propensity it. You know to what? crack? I, I get it. I'm surprised, but I'm not um, incredulous. I believe it. All right, let me take a moment to talk about my first sponsor. It's HostGator. Anyone out there who needs a website? If you have a business, you need a website hosted, go to HostGator.com slash Mixergy. When you do, you get their uh, reduction in their already low price. I use HostGator. It's been serving me well. I like that they just freaking work. I don't have to think about it. HostGator.com slash Mixergy. There, it's so good. I'm just going to do a quick ad for them. All right, so I think you said it was Oscar who had to buy a bat for your your son, right, Oscar? Excuse me, Eric. I'm looking at Eric and I'm saying Oscar. Um, it was Eric who, who needed to get it for your son. You said, this doesn't work. How do you make the leap from, this is expensive to, I think I have an idea. Mm, and I know question. this isn't the, this is the idea that you guys are running with now is not what you had at first, but how did, what was the process? Well, I wanted to try to figure out a way to make the best bats accessible. Right. So, so I started sitting down and, and manufacturers are very strict on how much you charge. I can't charge less than the minimum advertised price that the manufacturer sets. 
I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck by that. But what I can do is figure out a way to make it accessible while adding value, right? So it's okay. not simply a financing play. This is us giving the flexibility of a, of a monthly payment, but also the opportunity to have the perfect bat. So it makes a really big difference for a lot of kids where you may have a $250 bat. That is the right bat. That's perfectly fine. That's so were, we- were you saying, were you thinking to yourself, maybe this is my, my business idea. Was it a process like that where you're sitting around saying, what's the next business idea? What's the next thing I do? Maybe oh, no. I can find it. No, 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 no. no. So, what was the, what was the first version? Of, I remember uh, of vividly. I remember yeah, this because Eric came and visited me in Texas um, yep. with his family. And he, at the time, he forgot to mention this, that after baseball, he decided, when his kids were old enough to play, he decided to run a, an academy as well yep. while having the day job and figuring stuff out. Mm-hmm. And so he came and he's like, man, these bats are so expensive. I got kids on my team. They can't afford them. I can't use my discount because that's violating the rules of the manufacturing relationship I have because I am a, an owner of academy. I have a relationship now. What can we do? And we're sitting there and he's like, yeah, I just got this iPhone, blah, 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 blah. And it literally came down to like, do you think we could split up the payments? And ah, that because was when you buy an iPhone, you could do monthly payments to pay right. it off. And you said, can we split up the payments and let people basically buy it on credit, essentially? A monthly fee. Oh, that's a great idea too. All right. So then the two of you said, why don't we partner up on this and start a business? Yeah, that's okay. essentially, that's pretty much how it worked. I mean, Eric is the operations guy and the CEO and I'm, I'm the marketing guy and I can do the websites and the technology and stuff. So we said, you know what? I think we can put this together. Let's try it. And so okay. we went to his academy. He went to his academy. He talked to a few of his parents and said, hey, is there any interest in doing something along this line? Boom, right away, we had 15 people ready to roll. 15 people saying, if you could let me pay monthly and not pay all at once, I will do this to get the right bat for my kids. Got it. And that's your first customers and your first test. Uh, you told our producer, we did not want some piece of garbage first website. It had to be right. What did you mean? What were you looking for in the first website? Why was it so important? Well, so the hardest part is truly understanding why to do this versus buying it and then allowing them an easy way to pay and forget about it. Right. So again, like we don't want, you can't be sending an invoice every month and saying, okay, go pay a bill. Like you do your electricity bill. This has to be a a recurring payment model. It has to be attached to a credit card on file because there's a lot of um, fraud that we had, we had to prevent on our end. And so when we set up the site, I I looked for, uh, a platform that was obviously e-commerce because our entire business is e-commerce. We don't have a frontage store. Yep. There's there's yep. no physical other than our office building. And from that perspective, we wanted to make sure it was easy to navigate. We knew what the conversion rate, we could see the analytics behind it. Okay. And we could understand what was working and what wasn't. Uh, because you're the marketing guy. You knew what you were looking for. What did you build on? Shopify? Did you build yep. on something else? Shopify. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then what did you use to allow yourself to do recurring uh so uh, we ended up creating a custom solution for it that that attached to Shopify with an integration with a, a payment processor, which is Stripe. Stripe, because Stripe lets no Stripe lets you do monthly payments. Does, it does with so, an so, end date. Correct. And so there's a recur the recurring aspect is the payments are processed through Stripe. The front end is shop was Shopify for the e-commerce. Yep. But then you had to connect the two to make sure that one. Every time you made a payment, you were pro- you were not processing an order because it's deliver once paid uh, twelve times, yeah. right? And so there was a lot of intricacies and nuances that we had to customize for us, and that's where we where we made the site work. Okay. By the way, I'm in this Airbnb here in uh, Austin, Texas. I thought I found a nice spot here in the living room where there's not a lot of echo. 
and now there's a refrigerator that you know how there's a go and stop. I, I don't know if you guys can hear no, it. The listeners, you can't. You can't. Uh-uh. I'm hoping the mic fixes it. I did not recognize how great I had it when I had that office for basically my whole career at Mixergy. There was an office setting. And now I get it to actually set up a recording environment anywhere is not easy. And by the way, I think you made a great, great strategic move to move to Austin, Texas. I'm just going to put that out there. Why? What do you think it is about Austin that I'm going to like? Uh, you know what? I think the people are nicer here. I think there is a huge tech vibe here. There's a, there's an mm-hmm. entrepreneurial spirit here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's the epicenter for one of the biggest conferences in the world, which is stopped by Southwest, as you know, ACL, yep. if you're a music lover is here as well. Um, and you can walk down anywhere downtown and you're going to find an entrepreneur that is trying to come up with a new idea that will probably have a conversation with you about what he wants to do. It's great. I love it. And, and frankly, I found that in San Francisco. We literally said something as we were walking, we could find people to talk about anything. This was mm-hmm. maybe seven years ago. And we threw out a conversation about BitCloud, Bit, uh, Bit, uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin, excuse me. And then there was someone who was right in front of us willing to jump in and he'd done this crazy stuff with Bitcoin and it was a great conversation. But what I also wanted was a little bit of distance from tech. And I feel like I could get that here. People you have can. other jobs. They have horses. They have hobbies. <laughs> they have right, right. They have lives. Um, Live like music that. every corner, by the way, too, if you're, well, I'm in normal it. circumstances. Right. You, could, you could go to any bar and there's somebody playing an instrument in there or outside and you're going to enjoy it. I love that. And that's a bummer for me that we're now right now in the heart of COVID. I actually was here a few weeks ago to look at a house that my wife liked. And she said, fly out there. Go see if you can get it. Um see if we like it. And no one was wearing a mask today. Uh, people are wearing masks in different places. I see that uh, they're not out as much and not out as socially, but that's a bummer, but you're right. It's the people. I do like that. There's enough tech that I can get, get into great conversations, but also I could take some distance and, and have a, have there's a great food here. There is great food. It's not even for vegetarians. No yes. for vegetarians. I'm sure. Yeah. Really? And it's, there's no San Francisco. But it's getting there. Like I think you told me about Taco Deli. Where else should I go? I took my kids to Taco Deli yesterday. Taco Deli. Um, what what type of cuisine do you like? Anything, truthfully, <laughs> anything. Uh, the, the more exotic, some... the better. But obviously, when you're vegetarian, this exotic is not that weird. What about ramen? You a ramen fan? I, I dig ramen. Yeah. There's a place called Ramen Tetsuya, which okay. is very well known. Um, they actually have a bunch of different types. Like they have a. a hot pot type place they have an ice cream place everything tatsuya is the end okay. but ramen great place there's a couple sushi places here that are pretty good um now i don't know compared to the bay area i come from miami also so it's always like one of these bay, bay area has good stuff but it doesn't have the the little esoteric spots there's because it's expensive to get space you have to really nail it you're mm-hmm. not going to mess around mm-hmm. we're right. here you could get a food truck where they're experimenting and who knows if you know uh Pizza cones, pizza shaped like ice cream cones. If that's going to take off or not, right? They get a food truck. They test it out. People are willing to experiment. Pizza is really good here, by the way. I What's a good pizza place? Pizza. Actually, uh, you know what? Give me one pizza place and then give me one place where if I want to hang out with people, have a good vibe, I could go and get that. Okay. So pizza, I'm a big fan of the, the Detroit style pizza. So Via 313. Okay. Excellent. Excellent that. pizza. Um, and then if you want to hang out and get a good vibe, again, like I think Mozart's for the morning coffee type vibe, there's a okay. lot of people that sit there on Friday mornings in particular, there's a, there's a group called the regulars, uh, which I'm a part of. And we go there and every once in a while, just on a Friday morning, you 
you talk the talk and you hear about what great ideas I people come are this doing. Friday morning, next Friday morning. I'm going to see you there. 8.30, shoes will be there. All right. Yeah. Is it weird if I text you? How is it? No, how not at all. Do it. All these, hey, wait a minute. How is it you've got all these recommendations for Andrew and we haven't been to any of those places in the hundred times I've been to Austin? Because as soon as you get work. off the plane, you like to go to Taco Deli, Rudy's Barbecue, <laughs> and we pretty much have yours down packed. Oh, by the way, there's a place called ATX Cocina, if you haven't huh? tried that one yet, Andrew, which is a great family restaurant. Great, great spicy um, margaritas. I love spicy margaritas. I love spicy anything. <laughs> yeah. Margaritas. I want to really live it up here. All right. So you had this idea. You build out the website. Where you're both working full time jobs. Am I right? Yep. Yep. Okay. And then after you exhaust Eric's uh, parents, the parents who are part of his academy, his his baseball academy, where do you get the next batch of customers? All. <laughs> I mean, social media marketing, essentially, like Oscar started with a very small budget, but yeah, but okay. going, going on to, on to Facebook, putting out little ads, I mean, starting our, our Instagram account and start spreading the word there about what we have going on. I mean, if you scroll back early on, you'll see a lot of the cheesy posts I put out there, but you also see me with my kids making the hour and a half drive home from work to get to, to get to my Eight by eight daughter's room that I converted in the back club USA corporate Wait, one of you office. Sliding something on the table. Just try not to slide. Anything oh, exactly. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So, so me going into my eight by eight room, that was my daughter's bedroom that I converted in the back club USA office and processing the orders really quick and running, running over to the post office. And you see pictures of my kids carrying 10 bats each dropping, dropping them off. So the social aspect caught on, caught on quickly. And one of the advantages that we have with Bat Club is, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you want word of mouth, you want word of mouth. But the second you get one person with a Bat Club USA bat in their hands, you have direct access to 12 people in your target market right How? away. How? Because they're all on the same team. But wait, so what is it that they see it? How do they know that they get the bat from you versus somewhere else? So, so all of a sudden, Jimmy didn't have a very nice bat. And then all of a sudden, hey, wait a minute. How the heck did Jimmy get that 350 uh... bat? Where they switched three months later and say, hey, what happened to your old bat? Right. So you've got, so it's not necessarily explaining the program right away, but, but you've got eyes from 12 people directly in your target market. So what you see is what we saw very early on, especially is that, that word of mouth marketing. And where, you're not putting it on the bats. No, you're no, not so putting your name you, or logo. You have a, an asset tag, but, but that's, but that's essentially, essentially it. So it was that. What's an asset tag? Sorry, oh, just it's, a, a, it's our tracker. Yeah, just just okay. So, so at first it was let's let people pay off their bat over time, and then at some point soon after, you did a one bat per year program, Mm -hmm. right? What was the one bat per year program? So, we we just essentially set it up where a well, initially. We were, we were getting everybody that signed up to saying, Hey, you're going to commit to getting multiple bats per year from us. Right. So every six months we just set it up where you're going to switch out, switch out your bat. But what we found was the people didn't really want that. Right. What they wanted was the ability to just have their one bat, have the one bat with the ability to switch whenever they want it. So we see uh, the majority of our members take advantage of that, of that value add, but they like the idea of just having the one. So similar to your iPhone, where you set it up where you can say, Hey, look, I'm just going to make my 24 month monthly payments, or I can pay $5 more and be able to switch out a little bit more. It's, it's essentially the same thing. Wait. So in the beginning, it was get the one bat pass over time. Then at some point you allowed people to switch bats on a regular basis. That wasn't exciting enough. And then you made another twist and it was, you tell me. Well, yeah. So, so we started with actually three plans, one bat every three months, four months, 
Oh, four, four plans, three, four, six, or 12 months. So that's how often you can trade it. And, okay. and it so was... operationally, it was a nightmare for us. Because, yeah. you know, logistics behind it, tracking, understanding when someone's switching. Like, you know, in the early days, it's Eric and I trying to handle this ourselves. Yeah. And so what we did was, man, what, where's the streamline? Where can we really simplify this? How do we make it just dumb it down for ourselves first and foremost? And, and that was the one bat per year plan where it says, get your bat, pay over 12 months, switch at the end for free. If you want to switch early, there's this nominal switch fee, right? So you can Got switch it. anytime. And that's where we, that's where we were. And, and that's still what helped basic. you guys take off. Super Absolutely. clear, Absolutely. clear value, yeah. easy to manage. Got it. Okay. Absolutely. I, I can't help but think as we're talking about this, what else works on this model? I've already interviewed somebody who did video equipment and photography equipment in a similar way, rental, mm -hmm. online, et cetera. I'm, I'm now looking around going, first I thought this was a crazy idea. Then I thought, what else works like this? This is a great idea. What else is expensive enough that people and, and changes enough that people would want to switch up? Camera equipment makes sense, but it's not enough. What else are you I, thinking? Oh, we got other things in the Oh, you got pocket. other things in sports. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it feels like it makes sense to just keep adjusting for different sports and then bring it all together. Maybe change mm -hmm. a name to one that allows you to expand beyond baseball, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the model works, right? It's, you know, think about who the target is. It's, it's anyone that is looking for flexibility that, that is open to options and change or mm -hmm. that has kids that are growing, getting stronger, getting taller, getting faster, that need tailored equipment to their body type, to their power, to their position, right? Because baseball also has position aspects too. So we don't just do bats. We do gloves. We do catcher's gear because because uh, catcher's equipment, as you get taller and stronger, they have different levels. You fit, right. right. They don't fit anymore. So all of that still counts. And and gloves, first baseman has a different glove than an outfielder, than an infielder, than a catcher. Than so a then I start baseman. to think about cycling, right? Kids' mm -hmm. bikes are expensive now. Yep. Like Two-year-olds have a $200 bike. And I get it because when a parent explains to me why their one-year-old has a $200 bike, it feels weird. And then they say, but if it's light enough that they could control it on their own, if it's a balanced bike so that they can just learn to balance on their own, you won't need to do training wheels. And then they're going to feel comfortable when you switch them into a pedal bike. And then if they're comfortable with the pedal bike, they'll go on long bike rides with you and they'll be healthier and they'll be able to continue uh, to develop. That makes total sense. But then you have to keep ramping up and those bikes just get bigger and bigger. Would, if it worked, would it work on bikes? No, bikes are heavier and harder to ship, uh, so, right? You guys have a, well, an advantage with baseball. I mean, it's it's just going to depend on um, it's just going to depend on where you're focusing, right? So mm -hmm. what we see what we see with with our business is parents will invest in their kids, right? So there's difference between an adult with a cycling road bike that they might use every once in a while may not be as as into it. Uh, as maybe you have a kid, you know, just staying along the bike route, yeah. right? Where where you have a kid who's 12 years old and the kid's really freaking awesome at BMX. Mm. And you know what? I got him a $250 bike at Walmart, but that $600 carbon fiber bike that weighs less and is more durable, you know, being able to get them access to that, you're going to get a parent to invest in that because they're investing in their kids. And even if the kid isn't a pro, the parents are still going to invest in it because they want to see their kids happy. They want to see their kids succeed. And we've found studies that have shown parents are spending up to 10% of their gross income on their kids' athletic career. Year, <laughs> and annually, annually. annually. And that's not, including, that's not including 
you know, toys or Xboxes or any of that, any of that other stuff. Like this is specifically on, on their equipment, on their coaching, uh, you know, travel. And other travel and resources and, and things like that. So pretty much anything where, where you're dealing, dealing with parents who want to invest in their kids, you give them the option. Now, now the thing is that Oscar and I are constantly looking at this. We want to be more than a financing company. It's not just about the monthly payment. It's how we offer more to again, live out our mission and to help kids enjoy the game and take those life lessons and help them be more successful. I mean, there are studies all over the place with kids that played sports growing up, have a greater likelihood to be quote unquote successful. Like yep. we know Oh, we're losing Uh-oh. Eric because Eric is not in Austin where the internet connection is killer strong. See, this I, is why the fiber works. That's I have to saying. say the fiber here I, in San Francisco, the internet is awful. It's like I, when I was in Argentina, people call it a third world country, right? Phenomenal country. And their internet's better than it is in San Francisco. <laughs> here I come to Austin. I plug my computer into the Airbnb. I do a speed check. I go, this is, this is just a simple Airbnb. I'm like 50 megabits up and down. Oh, excuse uh, me, 500, uh, yeah, 500, 500 down over a hundred up. All right. So we'll let Eric sin and I catch back. up He'll as you right and I back. continue. I get it. I feel like you guys landed on something that I'm trying to figure out what else works like that, but it's hard that the big takeaway for me is to say, where is it that we're spending a lot of money and feeling frustrated? Let's see if we can then copy the bat club model and do it there. And I, mm-hmm. I don't have another place yet but I love it. And I feel like you nailed something that parents do care about. They love, they invest in, they think about as a critical part of their children's development, uh, which is sports. And it could obviously go beyond, beyond baseball. All right. So now it, it was the two of you, was there a third partner in the beginning too? No, no. First it was just Eric and I, uh, okay. we, we were, uh, you know, the, the, the dynamic duo I'll call it for a long time. So, um, until Eric went full time, it was just the two of us. Now we do have a third partner, which is helps us with the accounting and the finance side, mm-hmm. uh, but he's more of a, you know, hands-off silent partner that just helps us out because Eric's the operations guy. I'm the marketing guy. I'm not a numbers guy. Can't even okay. pl- claim that I am. And so we needed someone to help us with the books. If you're not a sure. marketer, you're not into, into the numbers. Oh, I'm into the analytics. I'm not into the, you know, the P and L let's put it that uh, way. Yeah. I know what you mean. So it does get, especially for businesses like yours, it gets pretty hairy, I imagine, because there's accrual accounting versus cash accounting. And then accrual accounting, you really have a better understanding of how your business is doing, but how do you spread out the cost over what, how many months? Yeah. I mean, that actually comes down to like how we, how we frame ourselves. Are we, are we basing our value based on revenue or is it EBITDA or is it monthly recurring revenue? There's so many different ways to do it. And you know, what you got to look at is how many members do we have each month? How much money is coming in each month recurring, which allows us to plan out better from a marketing and operations perspective. So we're definitely, we're doing the, the, the math and the, in our head all the time and the calculations, but like on on the day job, my job is to make sure that we're framing the value, right? We're, we're making it clear to our consumers what we offer, how we can offer it, what we can make better, what's working and what's not. Oscar, are you still in a day job? Yes. Oh, you are. You're still at that stage, even though you've hit the Inc. 5000. Okay. So how did you know that Eric needed to, to leave his job and go full time? What was it about the business that told you it's time for us to have one person go full? Uh, well, we went from in that first year, we went from 15 customers while we were doing our um, proof of concept alpha phase. Yep. So sept- let's, I'm going to put it to you this way. August 1st, 2016 to December 31st of 2016, we had 15 members, all in Eric's Academy. January, we started the, the, the slow drip of, of social ads on Facebook, $200 a month. 
we went from 15 to 1500 in that first year. Wow. That was the immediate moment where Eric and I had that uh, oblique moment where you go, mm -hmm. oh, this is real. We got to figure this out quick. Okay. So um, uh, Oscar to just add on, add on that. I mean, we had specific metrics in place uh, where, where we would figure out, okay, how are we going to do the, how's one of us going to do this full time here? Right. So, so once we hit those, those numbers, it was, if we really wanted to scale this thing the way that we knew we could, someone had to be on it. And, and for me, you know, I just had a little, little uncertainty on, on where, where I was at. And I felt like it was time to time to hop on board and try to make that club great. So I, I quit my job. I mean, it was a, it was a big risk, Andrew. I mean, let me, let me tell you, I, I rolled the dice there. I mean, I took about a 30% pay cut. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a dad married with four kids and went without insurance for a couple months. Like it's mm. not something I would recommend to anybody, especially when you have a 10, eight, six and four year old, um, <laughs> because you know, kids, anything can happen at, at any time, but it was, but it was time. If we really wanted to make this thing great, yes, someone had to, had to do it full-time. All our operations were already set up, set up in Miami. So in February of 2018, I mean, I jumped on jumped on full-time and hired our first employee the, the next month. What was the first employee? Our office manager, our office manager. She's a jack of all trades. She's still with us. She's awesome. Uh, she, when we moved into our first office out of that eight by eight pink room into our 600 square foot warehouse, we felt like we had a palace wow. <laughs> and, and progressively grew that out and about grew out of that in about four months moved into another office that was about 1800 square feet and grew out of that within a year and change. And we're figuring out a way to make it fit and just moved into a new, uh, almost double that size warehouse. To, and it's the two of you in the only two, the only two full-time people is you and the office manager, Eric? No, no, no. So now that was at the beginning, but now we have 12. Wow. So why isn't Oscar full-time yet? We had made the conscious decision to just um, allow me to run the marketing side. Uh, one, because I'm um, all the way in Austin. So it, it was a little hard from a logistics standpoint mm -hmm. to do it full time. And second, um, I was able to get everything done and, and I didn't want to be the burden on the business and bring that extra burden of cost okay. at the time. And, and, and I think Eric mentioned this earlier, but every dollar that we've earned, we have reinvested into the business. And so as opposed to trying to bring on another cost of another high valued employee salary wise for me, we said, we'll hold off. We'll, we'll wait till the right time. And we have a, a, we have the numbers waiting there. So once we hit a threshold, we will do it, but we're just not there yet. All right. Let me talk about my second sponsor. When you two are ready to hire a salesperson and you want to figure out, well, who's the right salesperson for us? Maybe you're not doing all phone service. Maybe you're doing some email and you want someone who could write well. Maybe you're doing some other type of sales and you want the right person. When you go to overpass.com slash Mixergy, you'll see a marketplace where you can find salespeople. Some of them are entrepreneurs who are just doing sales as they're looking for their next business or when they're looking for their first business. Some of them are just house husbands, house wives who just need a little bit of work to do while they're at home, but they don't want to do manual work. They want to do something that takes advantage of their gabbiness, not their salesman pushiness, but their gabbiness. Whatever you're looking for, you go to Overpass, you see a marketplace where you can find those people. You can then decide as you're talking to them, who's the right person for you. Try them. If you're ready, you can get started and hire them. If you're not happy, you can let them go. They've got a marketplace where they could find other work. And when you want to manage them and work with them remotely, Overpass has software that allows you to do it. If you want a 10% discount, 
Go to overpass.com slash Mixergy. Start looking around, look for the right person, and you'll see it makes a big difference to have an actual living, breathing human being who can close those bigger sales. Like, especially for you two, it might actually be for maybe there are, um, uh, what was it that you guys were a part of? It was these, it wasn't Little League. It was, uh, oh, Coach Pitch. Maybe they're coaches who are in Coach Pitch who have access to a lot of students. You want to at least get on a call with them or pitch them, explain to them why their students need to be aware of you. Well, anyway, that's where Overpass comes in. Overpass, Overpass the competition, Overpass com slash Mixergy. All right, let's continue now with the story because you now you nail the market, you nail the business, you decide we're going to experiment with sales, maybe offline sales. You go to events. What would what what were the events that you went to, and what happened when you when you send people in person to those events? Oh, so Eric and I did it first. Uh-huh. We yeah. were the first ones. Yep. To go. Yeah, oh, by yeah. yourselves. What are the events that you went to? You want to tell them about uh, what was it Naples where we went first? So, so we had we, we had a few uh, and pretty much any tournament uh, in in Miami or a few in Austin. I mean, we were trying to get to one of the main ones we did off the bat was the Florida State Championship in Naples, Florida. It was my wife, myself, and Oscar all sitting at a tent at a tournament, uh, hawking our hawking our memberships, getting to getting to coaches getting to potential members it's a lot it's a lot you know especially when you're when you're something that no one's ever seen before you know you get a lot of ears perking up and you have a lot of lengthy lengthy conversations but we see this same thing online where it takes people a little bit to get it right like because there's they've never seen anything like us before so when we tell them you can literally switch out the bat for any reason but I couldn't do that before. Exactly. That's our value prop. That's why if you don't like if your daughter or son doesn't like the bat because it's red, fine. Get the black one. Get the white one. That's instead. why I thought it would make sense for you to go in person. But I think it didn't work out for you, right? Oh, it, it was a it was a challenge. It just the why? scale doesn't awesome. work, right? Because you know, awesome. if you think about it, Andrew, if I'm explaining it to you, there's yeah. thirty other sets of parents that are walking by, and we've lost thirty opportunities, and so. While it's great that you're focused on me and we're trying to close that sale with you, there's too many people that are we're missing because we don't have the the scale to hit everybody. And you're and so, not, and the 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 margins aren't big enough that you could afford to spend a lot of time with each customer. That's right, and there's a lot of investment, in, you know, and so the upfront yeah. costs and all that. So it, you know, a tournament it's great, great exposure. We did it for uh, a major event at the UAAA. Fast Pitch World Series uh, in Frisco, Texas one year. We did it in Naples uh, for a year. And that was the year that Eric took his minivan and filled the entire back up with nothing but bats. There was over 200 bats in the back. It was funny. It's hilarious. Um, But again, like when we learned very, very quickly is it's very hard to do the one-on-one sale in person and at scale. So it it just, to us, it wasn't a, a waste of, it wasn't a good investment of time and effort from that perspective it, what it other worked. marketing ideas didn't work Ooh, uh we actually did a a, a partnership with a um a, a company that does team registrations on your mobile device where you basically sign up your team and you communicate through it think of like a group chat type thing yep and we tried to do uh, marketing there where you had ad space and banner space mm-hmm. And we invested a pretty good chunk of change and got one conversion. Uh, and and the, the cost per conversion was astronomical on that one. So we're never going to do that again. 
Right. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I put you guys into into SEMrush to get a sense of what you're doing. You're doing banner ads right now. We are. I, I see bat banner ads say the perfect bat prescribed for your swing. And mm-hmm. if, you still do that? Yeah, we do it. So Google Ads is one of our best conversion engines, right? So if you do uh, cost per convert, cost per click, we have huh? ads, oh, visual, and no, and... this is on Red Zone. Redzone.com. No, do you know about this? <laughs> I haven't. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm I'm misreading it. This is an old one. This is from 2017 when you started. The perfect bat prescribed for your swing. You should watch out, by the way, with that ice uh, ice water. It's coming in on. The oh, lake. sorry, sorry. Got it. Okay, so banner. Ad, I'm looking at banner ads on the baseballcube.com and a couple of other places. It looks like that's something that you did years ago. Here we go. WhiteSoxInteractive.com. No. All right. Oh, you know what that was? That was ad rolls. So we did a. I did a. I did a stint in ad rolls where we would just start doing banner ads across the board. Uh-huh. Uh, the conversion rate wasn't great on that, so I actually cut that off actually as well. That was probably 2019. Now that I think about, it. maybe 2018. Yeah, and you were on a bunch of sites. It looks like uh, Sons of Steve Garvey.com. I don't know any of these places. <laughs> that's, 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 and that's probably why it didn't work. If you yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the big winner of- for you for, for marketing, is it just Facebook and Instagram ads with some uh, social posts? Google, number one. Google does great in conversion. One of, the, are, uh, uh-huh. one of the big things we have coming up, Andrew, uh, that... We still need to see the the effectiveness of it, but I'm mm-hmm. really excited about it is our partnership with Athletes Unlimited. Okay. So we're we're the signature bat sponsor for their upcoming fast pitch softball season. And so if you're familiar with, with fast pitch softball and you and a lot of people had an opportunity to watch the Women's College World Series here back in June or so, okay. I mean, the ratings were absolutely amazing. So for us being able to partner with them and we, you're already seeing our ads running on, on Fox sports one during their lacrosse season. Now during the fast pitch season, we'll have our ads running during the games. We're going to have signage all over the, all over the um, field and on the stadium walls on the, on deck circles. So if one of these ladies has a sports center, top 10 play, you're going to see our branding all over there. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, partnership and advertising opportunity for us too. All right. That makes sense. I see more marketing. I see, it seems like the future for you is, is addition. So it's not just a subscription for a bat, but it's gloves. It's, it's, uh, it's sales. You're also thinking of going beyond baseball, right? What, what's another sport lacrosse? Lacrosse isn't as big, but lacrosse, I imagine people need equipment for and don't want to necessarily buy. What else? That could work. That's a good one. Yeah, it's I mean lacrosse, the... lacrosse, hockey, um, golf clubs to to some extent. Right. Although it's a little bit little bit different because the market is just just a different demographic. But pretty much anything where you have a sport where a kid can outgrow it, outgrow their equipment, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity for us. Right. And the big takeaway for me is anytime something's expensive and it's a pain, and people are thinking, why does it cost this much? We should be thinking. How about if I set up a subscription service? How about if I learn from Oscar and Eric and I copy them? So if I'm looking at podcasting equipment that's expensive, maybe that's an opportunity to sell it as a subscription. If someone else is looking at, trying to think of what else, it's hard to think about it, but it it hits you when it hits you and you get frustrated, but otherwise you ignore it. And maybe that's why people are missing opportunities like bat subscription services. 
right? I hope, well, hopefully we keep finding those niches before you do. How's that? <laughs> well, I imagine you want to stay with sports or do you think you want to go beyond sports? Um, I think there's an opportunity to go beyond sports. I think we'll focus on the sports market. So what, what primarily. else have you seen beyond sports? Don't give away too much, but give one idea. Let's, let's understand a little bit about how you think. Uh, well, candidly, I think uh, musical instruments. Right, right, right. Uh, but wouldn't people want to own their instruments forever? But if you're still in the training phase, like think about, okay, my son plays the violin. Yep. And they have different scales of violins. So at a very young age, he needed a ah. 132 scale, then a 116 scale, then a 18 scale. And so each time you right. want to keep buying a different one. It looks cute when they first get it, but do you want to keep all these around the house? Mm -hmm. Got it. I see how you're thinking. Eric does not like that you answered that question for me. I'm no, 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 okay. no. That's, that, <laughs> I thought you were shooting him that back off. No, 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 no. Guys. All good. I mean, that's that, that's actually one of the one of the things. I mean, I that popped in popped in my mind too because you think about again, like you're investing in your kids, right? Like, right, so, right. So Oscar's Oscar's son is is an awesome, almost a savant when it comes to that type of stuff. I'll give him a shout out there, but so. Yeah, as you're as you're progressing through, you don't want to store that stuff, right? Like that's part of it too, right? Like if I'm going to upgrade, I don't want to have to worry about selling it or keeping it in my garage and then seeing it 20 years later and oh shoot, I should have sold this thing. I and mean, that's one of the one of our, our big selling points too is why do you have a garage full of old baseball bats, right? Or or even if you have two kids, why? It, you know, this was a I mean a tongue in cheek, but whatever. Why does little Timmy always get his brother brother's hand me downs and he never gets a new bat? Mm, right yeah. with Bat Club USA, you could get them both. You can get them both a brand new bat and show them both love. <laughs> right, yeah. never giving little Timmy the Timmy the hand me down. So like figuring out out that type of stuff where where people just as they upgrade, it just sits in their garage is the perfect opportunity for a subscription. Yep. All right. Website is batclubusa.com at least temporarily, it'll always work, but I feel like you guys are thinking about a, a rebrand, a new name for the future as you get bigger. We got a couple of domains. Yeah, uh, yeah we, got a, we, we, got a, we got a few lined up. So we'll <laughs> cross, our, cross our fingers here on uh, what happens you know what? here. I need that. I need a resource that allows me to see what other domains somebody buys. I used to have a site that did that and then it just stopped working and companies got better at hiding it, but it was such good market research to see what other domains people had um, I used to see people who they'd have domains that basically said their competitor suck.com. I don't know what they had in <laughs> mind with it, but maybe somebody had an idea. Um, I, I guarantee gotta, you I one of those is like being that. used. I guarantee yeah. you one of those is being used for something great. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, there was, uh, there was, I, I won't say it cause I didn't call him out in the interview, but there was someone who was just a really nice person. And then they had these like anti-competitor <laughs> domains. And I, I just, I didn't have time to include it in the interview, but boy, was I curious. All right. Oscar, Eric, thanks so much for being on here. Yeah, thanks for having us, Andrew. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you for having us, Andrew. Appreciate it. I want to thank the, the sponsors. If you need a website hosted, go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. And if you need a salesperson, go to overpass.com slash Mixergy. By the way, I'm on Wi-Fi now. This is better Wi-Fi than I had direct internet connection at home in, in San Francisco. I'm telling you, Google Fiber, it's amazing what it does. Like, is it all over San Francisco? Is it all over Austin? Yeah, pretty much. There are wow. a few pockets that still don't have it, but for the most part, uh, they've made the entire city. But I think the woman who owns Airbnb, she's got AT&T. Maybe it's well, Google Fiber upping fiber at my house. It's a, it's a gigabyte, and I got kids on iPads and Nintendo Switches and Apple TV. 
and phones all at the same time. And we very, very rarely have any buffering streaming issues. Like it's, it's amazing. It really is amazing. And tell you the truth, it saved me some money. <laughs> Dude, how is it to San Francisco, top tech center of the world? People are working from home even before COVID and their internet stinks. What is that? You know what? I think it's the cost to make the infrastructure like that. It is not easy to do. Like I, I saw them lay the fiber lines in my in front of my house when they right, did the Google Fiber. Right. I was on the wait list for three years for Google Fiber. Like mm. they said they was going to be in six months and took them three years. But like that in itself is a mission, which is why they shut it down in other cities. I wonder also, I, that makes sense. I wonder also if it's if you're using Wi-Fi, if having people all over you, because San Francisco is super crowded, it's people right. on top of people on top of people. Yeah. All that Wi-Fi is interfering with everybody else's ability to get Wi-Fi. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. I mean, you've got so many people. Well, think about in, a stadium. Bandwidth, right. Yeah. Think about trying to use your phone in a, in a packed stadium. Mm. It's impossible. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. In Texas, you know, you've got a lot more spread out. I mean, Miami's a little bit different. Because Miami doesn't, if you're not in downtown, Miami doesn't go up, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to get high rises outside of, right. outside of downtown Miami and stuff like that. So as you spread out, like in our area and more of a residential neighborhood, I mean, the internet's fantastic because it's not as, it's not as dense. And by the way, Andrew, if you're, if you're a soccer fan, you should come check out the local soccer team, which just started. I'm going to give them a Dude, shout out. I suck at all sports. I'm so bad at sports. that even when I talk about it, I, I sound like I'm out of my mind. Don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I, I get it. Um, I mean, I don't understand sports. I get the, the excitement for it. For me, sports was best in Washington, D.C. before the nationals were good. I would go and get this is how dainty I am. My wife and I would go and get our chopped salad where we get the exact stuff put in there. We would then take one of the local bikes. Oh, Eric, you look like you're disgusted by this. No, no I'm misreading oh, his face. I'm trying to like, to like process <laughs> Re here. Relate like to the getting your chopped salad and where, where are you going, man? Then like, I get my, my local bike rental where, you know, you can pick up the local street bikes and then you pedal over to the national stadium. Their stadium was full on empty about 10 years yeah. ago when we lived there, yep. we would buy a $10 seat and they were yep. happy that we would get close to the players because the players looked like they were lonely by themselves up on, <laughs> uh, on the mound. And we just sit there and watch and sit in great, uh, great seats and talk. And sounds like, I know what it's like at a Marlins game too. That's right. man. Like, Is that right? Baseball, I mean, you know, you got a lot of jaded fans down here, but, but baseball is, um, it's a very long season, right? So if you're not doing well, it's uh, very yeah. just like that, the nationals, like it's very easy to just say, yeah, I'm not going to go, go waste my time because you know, there's two months left in the season and you have no shot of making the playoffs. So unless you really have like an event, you're going with your kids or something like that, or you just like being able to sit there and enjoy your salad. Like, you know, there's not really a whole lot of reason, <laughs> reason to that? go, man, unless if you don't love the game, right? Like, Meanwhile, I go to, I go, I went to the giants game in, uh, -huh. uh in San Francisco. That thing was so freaking crowded. There was no yeah. room. It's incredibly packed. Beautiful stadium. Beautiful. Stadium, you got it. You can't bring your own chopped salad in because you got to buy it there. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay $25 for a chopped salad. At the yeah. Uh, right. Right. All right. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Continued success. And thank you all for listening. And if anyone out there is in Austin or has advice on what I should do in Austin, I am here. I don't know for how long, but we're here for a bit. And I'd love to hear from you people. Bye. Bye, everyone.